This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm coming on today mostly just speaking from the heart and mind about a couple of things that have been really upfront in my thoughts lately. There have been several tragedies in the news and in our communities of mothers and babies we've lost related to postpartum mental health. And it's been an education, to say the least, to have something like that happen in my own community and to feel really called to kind of, I guess, pay attention to how people respond when there's a tragedy related to postpartum psychosis and what happens to the family and the community. So I'm kind of going to be speaking from my local experience here, and it may resonate with you who have experienced things like this in your community. One of the things that has really, really stood out to me is the kind of split that we have within our society and culture when something happens like this, like to a mother and a child. I'm not going to get into too many details other than to say there have been some tragedies that involve loss of life related to early postpartum. And what it looks like from the outside from an educated in perinatal mental health person is that these are probably postpartum psychosis related situations. What I have come to see a little bit more clearly is that from the outside, let's say people who are or slightly educated or not educated at all, is there's a pretty big split. There's a split between people who say, oh, this must be postpartum related or call it postpartum depression or have some assumption that it has to do with something related to having a child, which is great. I was actually really surprised to see how many people made that assumption or thought that that might be a part of what's going on. The other side are the people who vilify these moms and families, you know, really, really horrible statements about who they are and what should happen to them after they've done something so horrible that, you know, they they should be punished in the most severe of ways. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. 
from the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And I get it. People don't understand what's going on. But all of this has highlighted the severe lack of information that most people have. Even the people who are well-intentioned and well-meaning, it's really hard to understand the intricacies of what happens during a postpartum psychosis. And sadly, it looks like we are in a culture of victim shaming and victim blaming and putting the responsibility on the people who are not well to somehow figure out how to also heal themselves when their resources are low, when their energy is low, when their mood is low, when, when everything just doesn't feel right, we're blaming them for what has happened to them. And frankly, I feel like it's actually really a failure on all of our parts. We don't have enough of a safety net yet for these moms and families. Some moms are trying to get treatment and get support, and some moms slip through the cracks and then don't get any of the help that they need, and then terrible things happen. So we not only fail them once, but we fail them multiple times. They don't get the help and services and support that they need during one of the most crucial and intense transformations in life, which is going from not having children to having children. And then when bad things happen, where do they go? Where do these moms go? Just from what I've been witnessing here locally, there's, you know, a rush to cover the news story. There's all of these articles. There's hundreds of articles posted about the tragedy and what happened and whatever details they could pull together. 
in and around the date of the tragedy. And the sort of buzz and worry and concern around it lasts for a couple of days, maybe a week. Then there's nothing. And not only nothing in the news, but then nothing in the way of helping these families. Unless there is a local person who is really invested in making sure that the family gets the help they need and the advocacy that they need, I don't really know where they're getting the help that they need. Is it in the jail? Is it in the psych ward connected to the jail? Where is the family getting help? How are they getting access to people who know how to talk to them about these tragedies? How are they getting connected to other people who have been in these tragedies? It's like, you know, the family goes into this postpartum period blind, not knowing what could be ahead, not knowing what to recognize if something's happening, and then something bad does happen, and then they don't know what to do. They don't know who to turn to. Their families are under so much stress, and I imagine feeling very, very alone because now somebody they love and care about is, you know, in jail or has died. Half of the people they know probably are trying to figure it out and support them, and the other half of people are probably vilifying the mother or father or whatever happened. And it's just so frustrating to watch and so heartbreaking that there isn't an effective and useful system in place, not only before something happens, but after. What happens after? All we see in the news is is the initial story. These folks and these families live a lifetime with this. I don't know if they get the help they need to process this, to understand this. I hope so. But most of our society and culture is woefully undereducated or uneducated about what can happen during this period of time, about how bad it can really get. And for me, not knowing a whole lot about the legal process at this time yet, what happens to the moms if they survive their tragedy is a very long road. And their road partially depends on the people who end up surrounding them and supporting them. So if they've committed a crime, There's so many things in place that are going to be affecting her at any given time. One is the overarching law. Like what laws do we have in place that recognize this period of time and these tragedies? We don't have good laws for this. We don't have a good understanding in the United States of this legally. Then, you know, if mom goes in and doesn't have the means to get a representative, then a public defender is chosen And hopefully that public defender has some knowledge or has some experience or has connections or has someone that they can talk to and adequately defend the mother. If not a public defender, then a private lawyer who also hopefully has all of those resources. Then which judge are you in front of? Does this judge have any sense of these issues? Are they willing to learn about it? Again, I'm not a lawyer or legal in any way. But I imagine these cases aren't seen very often. So then if it goes to trial, what kind of trial is it? Is it a bench trial? Does the judge make the decision based on the evidence? Or is it a jury trial? How much does the jury understand? What about in the jail or in the psych unit of wherever this mother is? Do they know what's going on? Do they know all of the symptoms? Do they understand how to adequately support a mom going through something tragic and then living through it? and then being possibly in an altered state. I don't know. 
But I do find myself wanting to figure all of this out and find the answers to all of this and wanting to find out if these people who are, you know, in a difficult position to do a very hard job to support someone that they either don't understand or do understand or have compassion for or don't. This is a very complicated system. These are very complicated systems that involve healthcare, legal, social services, housing, neighbors, witnesses, first responders, medical teams, hospitals, air transport, everyone doing their job. I'm sure there are multiple other things involved as well that I don't have the full understanding of. It just makes me wonder, do we know enough? Do these people know enough? The people who are going to be interacting with these moms and these families, do they know enough? Do they know enough to be able to treat her with compassion and kindness? But it's really hard to do if you don't get it. I keep wondering about the families, too. I mean, the road to recovery for them to understand what's going on, to put things into perspective, to hope for the best, to be in months, years-long legal struggle. It's a lot. It's a lot that we can prevent. I just wish we could prevent this. I know we can't logistically, logically get the resources to everybody, get the information to everybody. There's some part of me that hopes that we can. And it's going to take all of us, every single one of us, to have open discussions and talk about the realities of mental health during this period of time, to normalize it, to say it's okay to get help, to show the reality of our lives on the internet and not just the fun, happy moments, to really check in with people and ask them how they're doing, to offer them support. I don't know. There's just so much that needs to be done. Yeah, sometimes I feel hopeless about it. Just for a moment, just for a moment, because the gravity and the depth of the situations are so deep and so intense and also just kind of just out of reach. Like if we could have just gotten to them before, if we could have just helped them a little bit before, all of this could have been avoided. All of the pain and trauma and devastation and tragedy could have been avoided. I can't stay in that place too long and we can't stay in that place too long. It is a heavy place to stay. In part, I can't stay there because I know there are a lot of people doing amazing work. There are a lot of organizations out there just working so hard to get education out to everyone and laws changed and policies changed and having tough conversations and doing the checking in on people. That is happening. Sometimes it doesn't get to everybody who needs it, though, and that is the hard part. Being in this field and seeing how hard my colleagues work and how deep their passion is to make sure that we're reaching all families, man, that's real. It's so real. I know. I've seen it, how much work is being done voluntarily often to get the word out, to make sure that resources get to people, to train as many people as possible. I know that all of that is happening. But those families don't. Those families who just went through the tragedy, they don't know. Hopefully they find out, but they don't know that we exist, that the helpers are here. They might not have even known anything was going on with their loved one. It's so hard to know. Or maybe they did and they felt helpless and they didn't know where to turn. I just go back and forth with this, that there's just so much more work to do. And we're doing it. Where all of us are doing it. Everyone who talks about it, if you listen to this, if you're sharing it, if you're doing your work and sharing your work, if you're starting groups, if you're 
being an advocate, if you're doing walks and climbs in your area for awareness, we're all doing the work. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. But those families that are affected they still need our help after the tragedy happens, after the news story dies out. They're still in a process and they still need us. So I didn't really have a point necessarily today for coming on here, just wanting to talk it out and bring a little bit of thought and maybe get a little perspective out there and perspective from you guys on how you think we can be doing better. How can we build a better safety net? And we're all doing this together. And I know Each of us has so many ideas about how things could be better. And if you're already working in a local collaborative near you, or if you're on a PSI chapter, or you're working locally with your doctors, I mean, you guys, there's so many good ideas out there. And I know all of you who are like touched by things like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, you've been through the trenches of that and made it through. And so many people want to then turn around and help other moms. So our force is growing for sure. And I know a lot of lives are being saved because of the work that everybody's doing. I know there's a ton of hope out there. If you guys have any thoughts on any of this, I'd love to have a back and forth with you. Please email me info at momandmind.com. It can be easy to feel isolated when we're in our homes or in our offices or kind of stuck in our minds thinking about these things, but you can always reach out. There are many places to reach out. Absolutely reach out to me, reach out to Postpartum Support International or any of the local resources near you. Yeah, thanks for listening with me today. I just kind of needed to get some thoughts out there and expand the conversation I've been having in my head a little bit. And I would love to talk with you all about it. Kind of just want to give everybody a hug if they need it. And try and hold on to the hope that is out there that, you know, when these tragedies happen, it is devastating. It affects the whole community. 
for sure, in many, many ways. And if we can stick together and pull together and make sure that we're still helping the families after bad things happen and before and preventing bad things from happening, I know we can do that. I know we can. Well, thanks for tuning in today and listening along with me. Again, please reach out if you feel pulled to do that. And if you know of anybody who just had a child or is pregnant or maybe suffering and you think this podcast could be a good resource for them, please do share it. And if not this, share the postpartum.net resource or share local resources that you have. I think we can't be shy about offering support to people. We can't be quiet about it. We just have to give it to everybody. Everybody deserves information and education and support, even if they're doing okay. But certainly if they might not be doing okay, we need to get information to them. So anyhow, I'll get going now. Thanks for being with me and listening through my kind of thought process this week. And I look forward to being with you again. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.